Our gospel lesson this morning is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. May God bless to us this reading and our hearing of it. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the, of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage." When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, as you've heard already, today is a special day in the life of our church as we hear stories. We hear stories of people's lives. It is with great joy that we hear those stories because it is in those stories that we get a glimpse of what God is doing in the world what God is doing in the lives of those with whom we worship. And so I hope that you are filled with anticipation for all that we will hear. I want to point your attention to the bulletin. If you haven't already seen, there are bios of our four folks who will be sharing today. And I encourage you to take a look, learn a little bit about them, and you'll have a chance to connect with them afterward in the narthex as well. But we are indeed excited at the, the breadth of individuals. We have uh, Tiffany and Audrey Hart, who've just come to our community in the last several months, and Jan Larson, who has, uh, was a charter member, is a charter member of this church, and has been with this church since before, uh, before these buildings were ever even thought of here. And Ben McConaughey is a good friend of the church who splits his time between here and Seattle. So we have a wide range representing a variety of people in the church. The star was guiding those wise ones. And friends, the stories we hear today are stories of experiences of life that lead to Jesus. And so let us pray together. Almighty God, we give you thanks for our lives and for stories, for the ways that we can risk and dare to be vulnerable, knowing that it is in that vulnerability that, Almighty God, you make yourself known. We ask your blessing upon this time, upon each of those who will share, and upon our hearing of their words. Amen. Oh, 
in between, each of, the, uh, each of the testimonies we'll share and sing together the refrain familiar to you all uh, from, uh, oh, well, what's the song? We Three Kings. It's the refrain is, oh, star of wonder, star of night. So join in singing that refrain in between each of the testimonials. Good morning. Everybody hear me okay? Okay. So I'm Tiffany Hart. I'm going to do my best to not cry. No promises. This is my daughter, Audrey. This time last year, we were both searching for the star and the light, searching for Jesus, just like the wise men were doing. As a family, we were coming out of the darkest period of our lives. The light was starting to shine through, but it was faint we were still lost. Our child, Audrey, made several attempts to leave our human presence over the last three years. My marriage had suffered to the point of nearly breaking, and I was in the deepest depression I could ever imagine. The two years prior were intense, and that was not including the, what was going on in the world, COVID. We had literally tried everything therapy, medication, inpatient hospital stays, residential treatment facilities, gene testing, partial hospitalizations. We moved to another state for six weeks. We spent our life savings and we were still unsure how to keep our daughter alive. Our search led us to the therapeutic facility where Audrey would spend the last year without us developing relationships with her peers, learning, applying her knowledge, and hopefully seeing the light she shines for others. As we were nearing her time away from home finally ending, our family light began to flicker brighter. Thinking about leaving the therapeutic facility um, after a year away, I was terrified. I felt anxious about how it was going to be, and I knew it was going to be extremely difficult to come home. I wanted to be home with my family and feel safe again. I felt like the work I was putting in was able to be put to the test and see how far I can come. Individually, we were going through therapy. We were doing therapy as a family, and my husband and I were going through therapy. We were learning coping mechanisms and how to communicate differently. We stopped keeping secrets, even the little things that you sometimes keep just to hurt, not hurt someone's feelings. The light was starting to shine brighter in Audrey's face each time we saw her, whether it was virtually or in person. The hugs she was sharing at that point were amazing because she had stopped sharing hugs for a while, but they were tighter and I could truly feel her becoming more grounded in the world. I wanted a safe outlet to feel closer to God and church. I needed a place to feel validated in my choices from the past and choices that I would make in the future. Waking up for church each week is a blessing, and it was special to me for a while while I was there. I built a connection with the people around me, and, helped, and it helped me to feel a purpose in my life. As I was coming home, I asked my mom if we could find a church when we got home. So when Audrey asked to return to church, I knew the priority had to be now. 
It was going to help her maintain the light in her face, and I would do anything for her. I've been involved in the church off and on since I was a child. I've learned teachings that helped provide me a foundation, and I'd try to do the same for Audrey. But we now had to find Jesus again. Audrey's literal life may depend on it. Audrey was a mere month away from returning home when I came to Pinnacle for the first time. I remember vividly the day, that day and the feelings I had. I was trepidatious for my child to return home, fear for what the future might hold, and excited for new adventures and an overall feeling of peace that this could be the place for us. I cried quietly during the sermon, but honestly, I have no idea what it was about. Overwhelmingly, I knew Jesus had to be a priority in my life, as this just might be the way I keep my daughter alive. At Pinnacle, I've become to feel comfort, welcomed, and glad to have church as part of my family and my faith. I'm glad to be making new friendships to help support me and help me keep a connection with God strong. In the verse today, it was written that the wise men saw the star had stopped. They were overwhelmed with joy. I can share that I'm overwhelmed with joy and our light is shining today as we stand here, alive, surrounded in love, care, and family. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Ben McConaughey. I like to think of myself as a capable and competent guy. In my legal career, I helped clients navigate the most difficult challenges that they faced. Later, after I attended seminary, I took on several roles in the church again often dealing with serious issues. I felt secure in who I was and in my relationship with God. I lost that sense of security two years ago when I took a serious fall, landing on my chest and face on a stone surface. I fractured my sternum and six ribs broke two teeth, split my lip, and I also was diagnosed with a concussion. The doctor thought it would resolve with a week of bed rest. Even from the ER, I was texting my friend Mike Hageman and our Seattle pastor for prayers. The physical effects of my fall were painful and difficult, but they largely resolved within a couple of months. But the brain injury was more serious than originally suspected. I had what's called a traumatic brain injury. It unfolded over time and has been slow to heal. The symptoms were pervasive, 
including drastically reduced cognitive function and significant impairment to my short-term memory. I couldn't read or write. My balance, visual function, and regulatory and hormonal systems were fundamentally disrupted. I experienced deep anxiety. I developed extreme anxiety to light, motion, and sound, especially digitized sound like Zoom or via Bluetooth. Church organs drive me crazy, so you may have noticed that I've been slipping out while the organ is playing. I had the worst headache of my life. It lasted for four months. I couldn't have a conversation or walk anywhere. I couldn't drive for eight months. And my challenges with digitized sound kept me from participating virtually in anything. And you could also say virtually in anything. I was deeply isolated except from my wife and my closest friends. I felt unsafe and vulnerable. My self-image plummeted. My relationship with God went through a rough patch. How could God let this happen to me? Despite daily prayers for my healing, my recovery prognosis kept sliding from a week to several weeks to a month to several months to a year. Why wasn't God healing me? I felt abandoned by God. It wasn't helped by the fact that I couldn't attend worship for nearly a year. Staff here at Pinnacle regularly prayed for me, but I asked that my injuries not be otherwise disclosed. There were practical reasons for that, but part of it was pride. I was embarrassed that my mental functioning was impaired and I didn't want anyone to know. But as the months went by, my fear of not healing outweighed my embarrassment. We were in Seattle at that point in time, and I asked to go on the public prayer list at our church there, and it changed my life. The church surrounded me and lifted me up. I started receiving cards and prayers from just random people in the congregation. Church members walked with me, did things around the house, drove me to appointments, brought us meals. All of this support raised my spirits. And where before I had felt isolated from God, now I felt embraced. And I started having these vivid experiences of God, hearing God's voice in my dreams and God incidences where God just showed up in ordinary life. 
And after many, many, many months of stagnation, the healing of my brain injury took a quantum leap forward. For me, the lesson is this. Faith is not something that we experience or live in isolation. When the wise men began their search for the Savior, they didn't go individually. I'm sure that going in a group made the journey more inspiring and exciting, but I suspect they also went together on this journey of faith in case one of them faltered and needed encouragement. I still have a ways to go in my healing, but I'm thankful for how far I have come in my recovery. I hold deep gratitude for the church for its role in my healing. The church helped to carry me in my struggles and doubt and vulnerability. And when I allowed myself to lean into the love of the church, I saw the presence of Christ in the world. The way that we love each other is amazing. Maybe like looking up in the sky and spotting a radiant star. Good morning. I'm Jan Larson, a charter member of this church. I was raised to believe in God. My first memories of church are my mother dressing us in snowsuits so we could walk to our little Lutheran church in Wisconsin. And all through my teen years, I was always active in our church. It was my guidepost. I went to a Billy Graham rally in St. Paul, Minnesota in 1970. I listened to him and I was touched. He asked all who wanted to come forward to come. I left my church group and I went forward. I looked up at Billy Graham and I was shaken by his presence, his kindness, and his blue eyes. That changed me. This experience 
helped me through illnesses and troubling times in my life. God was with me. My daughter had a 12-hour surgery, and I said to her before they took her into surgery that Jesus holds your hand, and the best is yet to come. The next day, she had a crisis, and they had to take her back into surgery. They told me she had a half an hour to live. I talked to God in the bathroom at the church, at the hospital, pardon me. And I asked him not to take her that night. She is my only child. She is well and was with me for Christmas. Thank you, God. Now I will walk you down memory lane. This church was started in 1989. My husband and I moved to North Scottsdale and was looking for a church. There were none close by. A friend of ours said, come with us to this new Presbyterian church at Glenmore. It was held in the Glenmore Country Club at Troon. On Sundays, we would set up the chairs, put out the hymnals, the Bibles, and make the coffee. There was about 25 of us. We were here for the groundbreaking ceremony of this church. That is our chapel today. I have watched this beautiful campus grow. It has been such a blessing. My roots are here in this church. Our first pastor of Pinnacle Presbyterian was Larry Corbett. He said, come, grow with us. And as, as we grow in faith, understanding, wisdom, love, and commitment to Christ our Lord, and that is what I have tried to do in my life. Thank you. What a gift it is indeed to have heard stories, glimpses of who God is, because that is where God resides in the stories of our lives. And so 
Perhaps in this coming year, we can each be attuned to how God is working in our lives, how we might follow the stars and follow the way to Jesus. And then share those stories. Not everybody shares their story from up here, but perhaps share the story with others in your lives of how God is moving Because it's said that we each contain this bit of God that if we retain our stories within us and we don't share them with others, we might just be keeping God from that other person. So friends, let us give thanks again to our folks who gave testimonials and give thanks to God for the way that God has stirred in their lives. Amen.